down to get a lot of dough. Anything is possible. Turn me up in the headphone. Yeah. Grind it, get a lot of dough. And dirt the water obstacles, cause anything is possible. Yeah. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. Yeah. Trying to get a lot of dough and dirt through all the obstacles Cause anything is possible Welcome, welcome back y'all Welcome back Carter Smile, oh that's kind of, that's interesting That was not on purpose But we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that song Smile from 444 Which is one of the 28 iconic albums that'll come uh, in the 28 days of February, because it is Black History Month for whatever, you know, round of applause that deserves. It's a very funny thing with Black History Month, that that February 1st hitch, right? And it's similar to, to Christmas, right? Like how Christmas used to be back. And I, I came across a TikTok recently that they kind of put it into perspective and, and in an interesting way. I never realized that the reason Christmas loses its mystique and like its wonder as you get older is because... You know, back in the day when we were kids, Christmas used to just happen around us, right? Like this guy was saying Christmas used to just happen around us. So like your parents, specifically your mother, your teachers, uh, the women in our lives would make these efforts. And not, not just the women in our lives, like, you know, dad to buy the tree and we, you know, do the tree together and all these different things. And dad put the, he'd be putting presents together and you don't know that's happening. You think Santa's doing it. So you think there's this magical being going around the sky, being fucking floated around by flying deer. And all the and, and little tiny little people making your presence and shit, and you're writing him a list and sending it to this uh, this fantasy world, the North Pole, and these presents are getting made in Santa's toy shop, right? Like that's what you think as a kid. And Black History Month, in in whatever you know, magic I guess was surrounding it, as far as it just happening is what I mean. And that's probably the the bad thing about it is that it was just happening by people who didn't have a clue what the fuck it was. Right. Like not even just the month of it, but about black history and what black history meant and what actually is black history and what plays into creating more black history and what you tell uh, the people who are making the future of black history, what you tell them their past is. Right. That's actually 100 percent where we're going today and why. Obviously, that's where we're going today is Black History Month. You know, I tweeted yesterday. I was like yesterday morning, I celebrate black excellence every day. I'm a, I'm a fucking PhD graduate of BEU, Black Excellence University, with with a slogan. The motto is "Be You." You like that? Y'all like that? Yeah, I, I know that's fire. I was in the middle of sleep, like 3 a.m. the other night, and I was like, "Yo, that's what happens." Like, yeah, people, you okay? You, I was. I wanted to get to this as well. I said, I've said a bunch of times, I don't have a necessarily unique experience, and that that while that may be true, I'm not going to. And I'm tired of doing it because I've done it for so long in my life. And that even when I tell myself not to, I still manage to because I don't like making other people feel bad or not, not, not making them feel bad, but the way that people will claim they feel bad or that they, they're made to feel bad. By standing in your light, people pretend that, that they have to be shrouded in darkness. It's like, no, bitch. In reality, if you, if you stand in this light that I'm shining, you shine brighter, but whatever. Because while I may not have a, a unique experience or a particularly unique experience compared to or relative to, you know, my upbringing, the people around me, similar people to me, I went about it. I've handled it. I've grown from it in a much different way than, than many people have. And in that way, I can't say I'm a unique individual. I'm not like any of these other niggas. So that's just a fucking fact. 
and we can get that out the way, right? But it's not even just about that. It's about, you know, the way that certain things are brought to me, the way I channel certain energies, the way I recognize certain, you know, ideas being put upon me. Like I call them the downloads from source. I recognize them because I choose to. Right? Again, like we all get them. We all have that muse. We all have that, that ability to, to pull creativity and creation and idea and just, you know, what seems like, like those fucking ahas from the, from the cosmos. But they're, it's just paying attention. It's having an awareness of, of the world around you, of the, you know, the natural order of the natural world and being tuned in with that idea of self and that concept of self. Having a relationship with God, man. Like, you know, you have a relationship. And when I say God, I don't necessarily mean the Christian God which, you know, that ties in also probably some we'll talk about today. But I, I don't necessarily mean, you know, like it's whatever you deem to be that higher source, that higher power, that, that thing you believe in, it's having the connection to that. We have that and that, that connection to the natural world. And man, you start to notice a lot of the little shit that is what spawns and spurs and drives creativity, right? And that, you know, the other day coming up with Black Excellence University, hashtag BU, BEU. Freaking gold, right? Yeah. Hey, don't steal my shit. But if you steal my shit, you got to see me. No, nah, I'm kidding, man. I'm about to start trademarking everything. I got too many golden ideas to not trademark everything. And legally, I can. And that's how you make all your money, right? So like I was saying, Black History Month. And I'm not one to like, you know, necessarily. Here's the thing about celebrating Black History Month. Like I said, I celebrate Black excellence every day I'm alive. And I don't just mean that in, in the sense of being me, right? Like being me, living my life is celebrating Black excellence without question. But I also mean that in the sense of like all my music, everything I tune into, everything that I enjoy is very Black, right? And it's not a, you know, a separating thing. It's not a like segregation side. It just is what calls me, draws me and what I am attuned with and what makes the most sense for me. Sorry, so I, I love my Black music. I love, I have my playlist called Black Superhero Music and I freaking love that p- playlist because it, it's Black Superhero, you know, it's, it's celebrating Black excellence. So I love the songs that are making, you know, giving me knowledge and also that encouragement, that empowerment that are saying, you know, young Black man, you are great. And also here's why you're great. You know, the evidence that is there, the stuff that they didn't teach us in school. You know, we, it's funny, like when you look at Black History Month in a place like Denton, Texas, in, in high school and middle school. It's like at no point, like every year, the only thing you learn is is Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. And maybe, I don't even know if we, I don't remember there actually being any any curriculum. I just know, I remember there like being posters. They would put up the same posters in the same hallway, in the history hallway every year. And it would be Rosa Parks. Like, you can do it. It's like, all you did was take a fucking uh, regular scholastic slogan that they have on every bookmark and put a picture of Rosa Parks in the back of a bus, mind you, and then throw that on there. And I look at like what, okay, Ron DeSantis, one, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, like this is, this is the PSA. This is the, this is that, that stand up, stay, stay with your chest moment. Fuck you. It, I don't, I don't, I don't mean, I don't say that lightly and I don't necessarily say that often, like in a FU way to people, but, and by the way, along those same lines, today's episode is called fuck the pie right? Fuck the pie. And it's going to be probably a two-parter because this is, you know, something that I could and would and am going to go on for fuck three hours. I don't know. We'll see how long it goes. But because of that, I'm going to separate it and go back to back because I wasn't on here Tuesday. I didn't have an episode this past Tuesday. It's cold. If you know, you know, if you knew right now, it's been cold the past few days. We're having this fake ass Dalaska 3.0 
which I went outside. I'm like, bro, y'all are such babies. Y'all close. Well, no, the roads, the roads have been bad. Yes. Like, I understand they're not driving and whatnot, but that's a lack of preparation. We know global warming's real, but you have a state like Texas that refuses to acknowledge anything that's actually happening. This is, I, I'm going to, I already know what's going to happen in this episode. There's going to be a lot of the Wusa type pauses where I have to, you know, pull back. This is a major, forgive me, this is just my passion talking. I feel like I'm talking to Farrakhan, talking to Mike Wallace, or feel like Farrakhan talking to Mike Wallace. I think y'all should keep the fuck quiet. And y'all is directly pointing to Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott. And these, let me say it, bitch ass niggas. Like these are bitch ass niggas that are in these positions of power that fuck it, man. Let's just go right in what we're talking about today. We're talking about the system. Right? Like I, I tweeted the other day, I was like, you know, they, they didn't like him when we were fighting the power because it was too broad. They didn't like us fighting the man because it was too specific. And now they don't like us fighting the system because it's too correct. Because here's like how this works is, and Stanley, he was like, they're all the same. I'm like, no, no, they're not. And what I left off of that was the J, I mean, J. Cole line from New York Times, I mean, from Runaway. He says, only difference is we all slaves now, the change concealed. I think what's very interesting about that line, I mean, it, it feels like very front page, and it is. like it, it is what it is. It says what it says, and he means what he means. But you look at like the deeper meaning of that, or like the actual meaning of that, and the idea of like, no, for real. When you look at this system that is grown over time. Now, at one point you did, it was fighting the power because you had to be fighting the power. It was not the system because the power was concentrated at the, at one space. And even though there were people that were still, you know, marginalized from those higher communities, whatever it may be, they were still reaping the benefits, right? Like they, and they still are and just in a different way today. Then you were able to identify exactly who the power was. You were able to identify the man and say, okay, you know, whether it's the CIA, whether it be a specific president at that time who was an asshole, a dickhead, fucking shit over, introducing crack, putting crack in our neighborhoods to fund his war, starting war on drugs and then putting the drugs that he was fighting the war against into the exact place, you know. But then that exact thing, like what they did with the CIA, started a system. So you started a perpetual system of power that the man uses to continue having his way. So it is still fighting the man that uses the power of the system. But if you fuck up the system, you take away the power and you break down the man. That's why I'm saying fuck the pie, right? Like fuck the pie. You get it? No, if you don't get it yet, you'll get it at the end. And then you'll get it some more in part two because fuck the pie, right? So, uh, and I got it, like I said, I wanted to go straight into it, right? Is the system. It's, It's a system around this. So I wanted to pull up, remember I said smile? The Jay-Z song from 444. Welcome back, Carter. Smile. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> those are lyrics. I love that. That's the way the song ends out. And it's just funny. I don't know why it makes me laugh. So it's, I thought it was more than this. I don't know why I thought it was more uh, song lyrics that speak on saying, like, I don't want the pie. I want, you know, the whole, or I don't want a slice of the pie. You know, you think about everybody getting a piece of the pie. It's, it's the idea of equity. It's this idea of getting what's yours. So when Smile Hope says, Fuck a slice of the apple pie, want my own cake. Charging my own fate. Respect Jimmy Iovine, but he got to respect the Elohim as a whole new regime. And and niggas playing for power, huh? So our music is ours. Niggas only own houses. Ours was fuck you, pay me. Now it's fuck paying me, I pay you. Put the rest away for blue. I think what's interesting right there is fuck paying me, I pay you. Right? Like when I say like kill the system, take the power. Because what I came across the other day and I, you know, 
I'll tweet stuff or not tweet stuff, you know, depending on how I'm feeling or how I think it may be received. Because I know, again, like I've said, people will purposely misinterpret things that I say in, in, in this way that not even like benefiting them. I don't know what it does from them. It just, I don't know, they decide to. Like, it's like, okay, you know what? Let me have fun with this and let me just, you know, pretend that he's saying something else, which I'm not. But I was saying, you know, I've always said I wanted to play the game until I could change the rules, right? And it's somewhere along the way, you know, I realized that like, it really wasn't even about changing the rules because, you know, once you get your turn, you realize like the game's not even worth winning. Like it's not even that fun to win. And I said the game, because I'm not like playing games is fun. Like I like playing games. I like having fun. We like playing that's needed. You got to play a game. You got to play the game. But like playing the game and winning the game isn't all that worth fun. I'm like, now I want to solely play so I can get just at the end and flip the fucking board. Like, I want to get right, right before I'm about to win and flip the board. And then look at that, look at everybody else and be like, okay, so nobody gets to play. Or okay, what's next, right? Drake has a line where he, and in the remorse, he says, please don't Google my net worth. The numbers are way off. I mean, if you're comparing it to what I really made off with, I'm more like Bernie with all the earnest, with all the numbers that they came on. Trust me, it was nothing like Holmes. They tried to give me a slice of the pie and I took the knife home. Right. And in in middle of the ocean, I pointed to it before. He says, and this is not necessarily pie related, but it is pie related. He says, uh, Pocket checking y'all for oh, my favorite two words from you, white boy, the sign here. That's why I'm pocket checking you, white boys, for five years. Uh, and I mean, we're kicking this shit into high gear, he says it after. But here's the kind of the line that culminates it all. Back to New York Times, or two New York Times, same album, Born Center, another iconic album. And we might have just went off on three iconic albums, because CLB is, is really, I know it's early, but 444 for sure, and Born Times, Born Center for sure. He says, that's how success came. That's how success came. I, I success. That's my list. I found out when I was like eight or nine that I have a list and I haven't been able to fucking beat it since. That's how success came. Once Kings, now we pawns in this chess game. Wall Street got black slave blood stains, which means we built this city and never got scraps while the devil got fat and fact. Reparation for niggas in desperation. Fuck money. Give my kids a real education. Blood money spills had a real revelation. Southside make you realize it's still segregation. And funny, Southside, you know, I'm from the south side of Chicago, like facts. He's talking about South Side Jamaica Queens, which, you know, very similar thing. If you watch um like any 50s show really, but in in Power Book Three, Raising Canaan, that's where that's set in. South Side Jamaica Queens, that's where 50s from. Um, that's where that show is in, that's where Canaan Stark lives. And, you know, you'll see it. You see, like South Side make you realize it's still segregation and saying that. This is how we live, you know, and that 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 side of fuck like fuck money, give my kid a real education. You know, I look at that and I'm like, I. So I was thinking yesterday was very interesting, and and one could point to a lot of different sides of things. You you could you could make it you can paint the picture however you like to, especially when you're you're the only person with the with the paintbrush, and you're the only one that can, you know, broadcast how the image looks once it's done anyway. So even if I have a paintbrush or I'm able to scrounge up some resources and materials to paint my own picture, you're the only one with the, the outlet, with the platform to display your art, right? I think within that, um, that's, you know, again, when we look at this system, because when I, you know, talking about the, the, the chains being concealed, I'm like, the man is not black nor white. The man is anyone who uses their power, earned or unearned, unfairly and unjustly to sway the system for individual benefit at the expense of the collective. And it's, it's very interesting how these things will, like I said, they'll stack up. And as an idea develops for me, you know, more will come and kind of get to that culmination point where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, 
you know, baked enough, fully baked enough as if the pie. The first thing that one of the articles that came up in my Apple News recommendations this morning was from Time, Time Magazine. I tweeted it out. Um, and the article, the title of it is, excuse me, it was about the cash system. I believe the title, the exact words are, that's why you have receipts. From January 6th to Tyree Nichols, American life is still defined by caste. And you know, one of the quotes that was stuck in the middle, but I was looking for, you know, a quote directly to tweet about, and it says, cast the invisible hand beneath our fears and discontents diminishes us all. And just a real quick excerpt from this. I think it was very interesting, uh, you know, how, how something like that comes about, especially talking about Black History Month and the way that when we do talk about Black history, Black history is seen as the reason I was saying fuck Ron DeSantis. Like he does, he's saying no to African-American studies because it doesn't fit what actually, what it doesn't fit his white narrative that is based on fucking lies. Like, let's just call it what it is. It's based on lies, but it doesn't fit his narrative that can that keeps that system perpetuating. It keeps that system building upon itself because it's a cannibalized system in the best fucking way. Like, it's it's a beautiful thing that they have going. And that's what, when I talk about, like, damn, at this point, you kind of can't even blame the individuals because, well, shit, like, I can see how you could still, like, you're like, okay, yeah, no way do I, especially right now when you're seeing in the next 20 years, they're saying that the majority will become the minority and the minority will become the majority. Yeah, I could see how you could be not even afraid, but why you're like, fuck, I got to make sure I retain my power just in case. But that's because, you know, somebody said a long, a while ago, like, mm, if you're scared of that, I wonder why. Could it be that you know that the minority in this country or in this land, in this space, in this system has been known historically be treated terribly, be treated poorly? I found that I'm like, yeah, that's 100% facts. No, for real. But even that other side of, is it also because you don't know that it's only you that's evil in this way? It's only you that's been evil like this this entire time. Because the people that represent the minority today that would soon become the majority. And it was funny yesterday, my entire mission got, I look at it even in a different light right now because of something that a program, I, I yesterday, Mogul Millennial, this wonderful platform that sources and, um, you know, combines and then presents different funding opportunities for, for black owned startups, not just black owned, but for minority represented startups for underrepresented individuals, whether it's, you know, gender, sexuality, um, race, ethnicity, nationality, those are different, you know, sides. And what I, what, what was very interesting yesterday, um, the woman, I can't remember exactly who, who said it or verbatim, but essentially was saying, you know, with us becoming the, the majority, Soon enough, you have what represents the 99%, like the, the 99% as far as this caste system, this, this hierarchy, um, this sense of power structure, the people who represent the 99, well, when they're going to make, to fix problems, like to find solutions, they're doing so for the 99. So they're already doing it for the greater good. That's not going to change when they become the majority. And then it's like, okay, well, damn, now we have even more power as a collective to do even more for these same people, which in turn benefits everybody. But you have the niggas who have been doing, it's okay, it's like, uh, it's the reason gaslighting is such a funny thing. It's the, the, the guy who's been like a horrible partner in a bunch of relationships. And maybe like everybody knows, like everybody knows you're shitty. It's the boy who cried wolf almost in a sense. Like you look and then you, you you would turn around and be like, okay, why is nobody helping me? Well, it's not even because nobody wants to, it's just nobody believes you. But also you have to realize that like, you brought that on yourself. It's that opposite side of like, 
you can't make yourself the boy who cried wolf without ever having to have cried wolf or whatever it may, or without ever crying wolf and nobody ever having turned you down. You know, it's the it's the white people who want so badly to have to feel racism, to be affected by racism, because and it was interesting. Somebody else had put this on. An, that's why I say TikTok is good for what it's good for. But also it's OK if they ban it. Somebody had said not too long ago, I came across this and, and it was this woman. She I don't remember what exactly her gripe was, but basically she was like begging to 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 find like ways that racism, that people were being racist toward white people. Right. And and it, it's the Karen effect of it. It's definitely the Karen. It's the uh, you're you're only saying this because I'm a white woman. Well, yeah, bitch, I am. But also I didn't tell you that. I didn't say it to your face. I just like I, I just told you no. <laughs> I just told you no. I told you I didn't like that. Oh, because I got a story time as well yesterday, which is very similar like to that whole thing. And a white man in Walmart yesterday, which I don't go to Walmart pretty much for this exact reason, because Walmart to me is like damn near only for g- degenerates and racists. And I know that's not fair, but like Walmart is just a shitty store. And a white man in Walmart called me boy. And it wasn't because he was frustrated with me. He was frustrated with the people in Walmart. And he didn't have any reason really to be frustrated with them in the first place. He was just mad that he couldn't get his way because he was an old white man. I'm 100% sure that's what the issue was from the very beginning. He was mad that he was not getting his way because he was in there buying like six cans of dip. So I'll get to that story in a little bit, right? But what had come from that TikTok was basically the, the person that broke it down was saying, you know, you have these white people who they've been so used to the power structure benefiting them, everything, them having the ability to benefit from everything that does, you know, provide a little bit of power. Because here's the, here's the thing. I've joked about it many a time before. Pulling the race card is a, a slight, is, there is a form of power in it. Like pulling the white supremacy card does give you, you know, a little bit of a power back. But like I've had many a time where I've worked jokingly, a white person will say something that actually low-key is kind of racist, but I know they didn't mean it that way. And I'd be like, it's because I'm black, huh? And they'd be like, no, 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 I promise I didn't mean it that way. I'm like, bro, chill out, my nigga. I'm just, just a joke. But you, they, the last thing that that individual wants to do is be seen as racist because they know how bad and negative such a connotation is, right? And I get that. No, I fully get that. But it's, it's, there's a power in, in being marginalized almost. Like there is a little bit of a power there. Because in the, the only reason there's a power is because we actually come together. Like it, it does bring us together. Race, being affected by racism is, dare I say, a uniting factor. Like we, we, we as a people have found a way and a reason to unite against a common enemy. And it may not be an individual, but it's the system. Again, like when we were fighting the power, we were able to unite over the power and the man and the system. You're like, well, fuck, I don't want to be excluded from something. You want so badly to be involved in everything because everything has so much involved you in the past. So now when something finally comes about and you're like, fuck, why am I not involved? You're confused. So I look at that and I say, okay, uh, you know, if you're not, and damn, I, I think I didn't got lost somewhere. I even got, came in from that. The, uh, the TikTok and the white lady being affected by her not being, her being upset that she wasn't, what was I saying? White people being, fuck it. I told a quick story time. Then we get back to the article. So yesterday, yeah, I'm in I'm in Walmart and it was it was deep in there. Or it wasn't deep in there, but it was deep enough in there, especially for it to be, you know, the weather that's out here right now. 
and I guess they're, you know, short staff and they, uh, they didn't have enough people to, you know, Walmart never has any lines open, but the only line they had open was one, they had one side of self-checkout open and then they had one scan and go open. Well, as I'm in line, now this, this guy, he walks over and I can hear him like berating the, the employees and telling them like, you, I'm not being an asshole, you're an asshole, which that... That's that that word seems to really throw white men specifically off. Like asshole is painful for them. Even more, like their reaction is is to say, I'm not, you are. I know you're not, but what am I? Like that's very fucking childish. Do you realize like they are they tend to be very childish individuals once they get to a certain age? I don't know what that's about. That's a sad reality. And I'm not saying that's not a you know generalization. That's talking about the, the kind of people I'm talking about, right? Like that's saying. The, the individuals that I'm speaking toward, they tend to be very childish individuals once they get to a certain age, right? They're where the midlife crisis idea comes from. They're the, they're the get a motorcycle at 45, 50, divorce their wife and go get somebody with new titties um, or go buy somebody titties, right? So he, he's mad and he's like, I'm not an asshole. You're an asshole. Okay, whatever. So while I'm standing there like next to come up in line, they had separated our line. We're like, okay, we're going to open one next to you. I was like, fuck, I should have gotten that one. It probably would have been quicker, which is low key would have been, but it was about the same amount of time anyway. He is upset because they won't let him take his six cans of dip to the, I don't know, to the red, because you know, you had to like check out with it behind the counter normally. Normally they have it behind the counter. So she went and got it from the counter. She was like, sir, I will, you know, I will bring it over there when you're ready to scan out. But until then I have to hold it. I don't, it's, it's the age thing. I know that's part of it, but he obviously was old enough to buy the stuff. So I think it's also kind of just like you can't run off with this and people will run off with stuff like that. Again, you have to get it from behind the counter anyway. So she's like, you have to just wait. Well, I'm already in line. It was ridiculous. Okay. The entire time he's standing behind me in line, I have a headphone in because I'm in the, the pitch of founder meeting as I'm in Walmart. I'm listening to it. So I have one headphone in, but I have the other one kind of around my ear. And I, cause I was, I don't have, I only have one AirPod right now. So I use my, and I use my regular headphones anyway, cause I, I don't know, I just like them better these days. So I, I have them with me. I mean, I have, have it in and I can still hear him from my left ear. I can hear him talking. And you know how people do the, I'm talking to myself thing, but they're not, they want people to hear him. And he's talking a lot and he's, this is fucking ridiculous. I've never experienced this in my life, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I just, I just want to get out of line. Okay, as I'm scanning, he was hella close already. So I moved the cart in between him and I to make sure that like I, him and myself, so I wouldn't be that close to him. Like he smelled like cigarettes. I just didn't want to be that close to this nigga. So as I'm putting my stuff stuff up on the, it's already up on the conveyor belt, or on the belt. I don't know if conveyor belt's the right word to talk about the aisle. It's up on the belt. And as it moves, as the man in front of me finishes, he's hella close to my stuff. The cart's still kind of, no, the cart may be in front of me now. But he's still, he's like now hella close to my stuff. So I turned around and I was like, yo, you don't need to be that close to my stuff, bro. And he didn't like, oh, I'm not that close. Because for some reason, it wouldn't move forward. The man before me kind of find out had left the, because he had left the little separator thing on the belt. So it wouldn't move. Whatever sensor has it not. Oh, I guess, yeah, because that's there. The sensor tells it not to. Whatever. So he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. You don't have to, either. you don't have to be talking to me. I'm like, I just want you to back up just a little bit, man. So as I'm checking my stuff out, he's sitting there and now he starts trying to, he does again, like the talking to himself, but he's definitely making sure that I can hear him now. Like he realizes that I've taken my both headphones out 
and that he thinks he's got a little bit of my attention, which is funny because he did, but because I was giving it to him, I kind of wanted to rile him up because he was starting, he had already pissed me off by being extremely rude to the employees for no fucking reason. He pissed me off by being getting on my nerve. So I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to go there with you. I'm re- I, you don't want to go there with me, but I want to go there with you because I'm prepared for it, right? Like I got stuff loaded up for you. So he says like, uh, he's, I don't know, he says something else after the woman comes over and moves the little, the thing. And he's, yeah, he keeps talking about, oh yeah, because it won't move. It wouldn't move. And I'm like, bro, you don't need to talk to me either. We don't have anything to talk about. Well, I'm not talking to you. And I was like, okay, whatever, fine. I'm just laughing. And for some reason, I could hear part of what he said immediately after. He says something, something, something. Like I don't, I don't need you to be giving me attitude, boy. And I, I heard him say boy, but I had to make sure he said boy. And I, I turned and I said, sorry, say that last word one more time. And he he leans forward. You heard what I said, and I was like, no, I didn't. But it sounded like I was like, no, I'm not sure I did. But it sounded like you said boy. And he was like, I did. And I was, he thought because that's when he really he thought he had me. And I was like, oh, okay, just making sure continue checking my stuff out. And I wanted to go extremely fucking slow just to piss him off, but it was people behind him. So I didn't. Because if there had been nobody behind him, oh, brother, I was going to take my time. Look, I, I did a little bit, like pretend I didn't know where the barcodes were. I was checking out the exact same type of items. Like it was like if I had a bar of soap, I mean, a, a thing of soap, a body wash or something, and the exact same body wash right after it, I would scan the first one and then kind of pretend I'm looking for it on the second one as if I didn't just scan three of them motherfuckers just to piss them off. So he says, he's still talking, whatever, and I'm putting my stuff in there. And he was like, I can call you, boy. Oh, yeah, he's like, I, I can call you, boy. And my best friend is black. But I, I, I still, I've never, I've never gotten that. The my best friend is black thing. I really, because like, what does that mean? So my reply was, oh, man, well, I'm praying for him. He didn't like that. He don't need you praying for him. I'm praying for you. And I was like, well, I need everybody. I can praying for me. So thank you. And he, well, well, we all do. And I was like, yeah, you're right. We all do. <laughs> he, he, that at this point, because I, I'm that type of asshole. I, I'm that type of, I'm that type of agitator. I'm that type of instigator that knows exactly how to get under your skin and then pull from under it and have you sitting there scratching it, and you wonder why it keeps hurting only to figure out that it's hurting more because you're scratching, not because I'm under your skin anymore. I'm no longer doing anything to you. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to hand you a Band-Aid like, all right, bro, my bad. I ain't mean to go that deep. Here's a Band-Aid. And you're sitting there, I'm fine, I'm fine, scratching. And you're wondering why the shit is blistering. Well, you probably should start scratching the itch, but you want to keep going. So I'm going to let you. Anyway, as I'm walking away, you know, I checked out. He's saying, he's telling the lady back there, ma'am, he's done. He's done. He's almost done. And she's like, I know. I see you. And I'm just walking away laughing. And he's still talking, whatever. I'm partially listening, but also not really listening. And I'm walking away. I said, all right, sir, you have a wonderful Wednesday and God bless you. That threw him for a freaking loop. I could hear him trying to, because again, I'm still walking away. So he's trying to find the words to, to, you know, have a comeback while also trying to make sure that I can still hear him as I'm walking away. And he says like, I don't need you to, I don't need God to bless me or something like that. And I was like, yep. Look, what they say when they got uh, Bin Laden, folks, we got him. Because the point is not to get him or like necessarily to rot, like to get at him. It's not, it's not even to, to evoke any emotion. The real idea there is you thought you thought you had me. You thought you were about to get something out of me. So not only did I did the tables turn, did I flip the fucking tables on you, but I also I came out I you know I came out on the good end. Like I came out feeling better because I did mean the God bless you. I'm like you know what I will be praying for you. 
I'm saying a little prayer for you on the way out because you're obviously not having a very good day. And this is a whole, like, it's slushy outside. I was walking out thinking, like, it's cold, it's slushy out. This is a horrible day to be having a bad day. So you do get a prayer for me, brother. Anyway, that, that's, my, that's my little story time in the middle. I want to go back, you know, fuck the pie. Because I, I did, I, I still have lost the idea where I was before, but it, it still, you know, goes directly into it. I know we were getting to this point. So when I, I come up with this idea, and like I said, we'll have a part two. So anything that doesn't get resolved today, it gets, you know, we come right back on it probably Saturday. I think we're going to do Saturday. You have a two-day span in between. Like I said, we didn't do Tuesday, which I think is okay because this idea said was not, I wasn't going to get this article, which I was, yeah, I know I was going to read an excerpt from that. I know that was part of it. And directly here. Okay. I think this is interesting. Uh, these challenges call for a massive re-education of our citizenry to lay bare the full history of this country so that every citizen can know the ways in which the state has systematically favored some groups and excluded others and can become aware of the urgent, long overdue need to atone for past and current injustices and rectify continuing disparities for the collective healing of our nation. I have long believed that if the majority of Americans knew the true, full history of what, of what uh, was sacrificed to create this country, they themselves would be calling for reparations. Of course, the greatest cor corrective of all would be ending the caste system itself. And then this is very interesting. If we truly want to end caste, each of us, every single one of us needs to search our souls for the ways in which we may be complicit in upholding caste and stereotype and hierarchy, as our society has so cleverly trained us to do and to consciously work against this programming in our everyday lives if we are to overcome it. One reason why we haven't ended caste is that too many people benefit from it and not enough people understand it or see reason enough for it to end. And then the last part is very true. You know, not enough people, obviously it benefits so many, so why would they stop it? And then not enough people are really aware of it. You know, they, they look at it and they want it to either be something else. It's a not their problem type thing because they don't know that it's a problem in general. And I'm not sure necessarily, you know, it's just bringing awareness to it, right? Or bringing awareness to the issues, to the, the knowledge of the past and the present and what we can do about it in the future, right? So I point to fuck the pie and the game and all these different things. You know, there's, there's this idea I'd come up with about, you know, last year, and I'm not sure exactly when I thought of it, but I was saying what's interesting, and it comes from this idea of Wall Street got black slave bloodstains. You know, when, when you think of the pie, like we, we created the pie. Like we talk about not having these, you know, these ways to get, like there, there's a bunch of get rich quick schemes within the black community. It's called rapping. It shouldn't be, but it is because they go and whatever, they go and pluck young black men and it's called going to the league, right? They go and, and it's not get rich quick at all, especially if you're talking about going to the league. It takes years of practice, effort, and, and talent. Rapping should be the same, but it has been so washed and warped by individuals that are, and I call, you know, like I say, the unaffected profiteers, the people who don't have a damn, you know, a stake in, a skin in the game at all that are actually, they're making the real money. You know, these label heads who promote young black men to talk about money, pussy, and, and murder, and then they get to go sit up in their house in Calabasas while South Side Jamaica, Queens, and South Side of Chicago have 40 people dying in a weekend or in, in a summer, whatever it may be. That, that, that weekend in Chicago, we're at like 17 people, 17 murders over a weekend. And like, these are, and here's the thing. Like when people call Chicago Chirac, I want to smack them because like, you, you don't know you don't really have the right to speak on. But it's a similar thing like in rap music in general, like the people who, that's why last week when I talked about that guy who I was going, who went back and forth with me on Twitter about music and about my fandom, like him saying, I appreciate you being a fan. 
that's why that specifically wrote me so wrong. Because one, like, fuck your appreciation. I don't need your appreciation for my music, for the music that represents and speaks to me, for me, by me. I, that No. So no, no, fuck you. Two, uh, if anything, I appreciate you being a fan because you are a fan. I'm a product, a muse, a part of the story. You're a fucking fan. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of this shit, right? So it's, it's, it's that. Like these niggas who you have that Leo Cohen interview on Breakfast Club, it, it's very telling and it's funny because of the way he says it, right? Like if you wanted to, you could spin it in three different ways. But at the core of what the man is saying, he's literally saying the way that he feeds his family is by selling black violence. But he doesn't see it that way because he says, I have to feed my family too. It's the two part that fucks with me. The piece of the pie. You own the pie factory, nigga. You own the pie factory. You got the recipe, you're the recipe to it trademarked, you know, patented, whatever. You keep all the knives in your, in your drawer, in your cupboard, all the plates, all the ingredients, everything needed to make the pie. And you just tell me when I can come in and, 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 and make the motherfucker. And then you tell me what my slice looks like. I never really get an even slice anytime. You you cut my my piece for me and say, okay, here's yours. And really, what can I do about it? Because I can't make a pie anywhere else. Here's the thing. We made the recipe. We are the recipe. We built the pie factory, made the knives, made the plates. So my 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 big message is like, we can do that shit. Not only can we do that shit again, we can decide to stop making fucking pies. Fuck the apple pie. I want my own cake. Tried to give me a slice of the pie and I took the knife home. Fuck money. Give my kid a real education. Okay, I'll build my own school. I'll send my kids to my own school. I won't, I don't, I won't, I won't depend on your teachers who think black history is making sure that pictures of, of me and my ancestors in fucking chains is what I need to see once a, for 28 days, but on a yearly basis, what you're gonna drill in my head is that we sat in the back of the bus and got hosed down by dog, I mean by hoses and bit on by fucking dog. That's why I didn't watch that video. Rest in peace to that. Rest, God bless his family and fuck them bitch ass cops. Cause I, I asked this question the other day, like does back the blue count when they're black? Does back the blue, and I, I want the, I would, hopefully we don't have no red hats listening to this, right? Like hopefully it's no maggots listening to this. But if there happen to be, let me know. Does back the blue count when they're black? And if it does, the, the bad the bad apples spoiling a bunch. Do these bad apples now spoil a bunch for y'all? Because if they don't, I mean, sorry, if, if, if it doesn't, does because we were talking about the system. So, you know, that's that's what, you know, they're talking about this caste system. That's how you, what you make sure you do with the overseers and then putting people, the pawns, right? The pawns, talking about the pawns. What you make sure you do is, and Dame Dash put this so eloquently, you put a nigga in the big house, not the biggest house, but in the big house, right? You put a nigga in the big house. Now you got a snitch and a slave watcher. Because well, the one thing he don't want to do is lose his position and go back to what the other niggas is doing. So if it means he got to sell out a few of his homies or all of his homies, and he got to make sure that they don't step out of line, he going to do it because he in the big house. He's not getting whipped anymore. His family is good, right? Uh, and the thing... It's a nigga in the pie factory that think because he gets to either cut his own slice of pie or gets a whole pie that he's living high on the hog. He's he's loving this shit. Bitch, you're making the pie. But that that's that's where you realize, like, you know, the the funniest thing we talk about, you know, work smarter, not harder. The rich don't work for money, they have money work for them. And this idea that, you know, the laborers are really the ones that get rich, right? The middle class, that's how the middle class was invented in the first place. I think what people like, what we tend to forget, and that's that's how you keep the system going, because 
some there's a guy that tweeted the other day. It's not what the 99% don't want. I mean, what the 1% don't want you to know is what the 99% aren't willing to learn. And while that may be true, it's also what the 1% don't want you to know. It's a lot of shit they don't want you to know. Now, they're maybe not directly keeping it away, but they're not telling it when they know that it could benefit so many, because why would I allow you to get a Milo? Why would I let you make your own pie when I, I can stockpile mine and sell it to you for, because if you want more pie, now you got to buy it from me. I gave you your slice, but if you want more, now you got to buy it from me. So the word, like I said, this is a part one of two. I don't really, I, we're getting toward 45 minutes. I didn't want to pass 45 and it'll shrink, you know, with stoppages and everything. But Saturday's episode, episode, I mean, part two, the last episode, episode 11 of this season will be longer and more in depth probably. I don't, whatever. Because yeah, fuck the pie. It, fuck, the type of, fuck a slice of apple pie. I want my own cake. That's fuck paying you. Pay me. Put the rest away for blue. Look, I love y'all. If this was a, uh, not intense episode, but just like, you know, spiritual, like heated, emotional episode. I, I can never really tell how much I, I go up and down or fluctuate in, in perceived or, you know, uh, off-putting emotion or put out there emotion and feeling. Because for me, it, you know, I feel so much in anyway, so it just is what it is. But I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. Hey, man, fuck the pie part one. Peace. Trying to get a lot of dough. Anything is possible. Turn me up in the headphone. Yeah. Trying to get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles, cause anything is possible. Yeah. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. Yeah. Trying yeah. to get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles, cause anything is possible. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. Hey. I grind to get a lot of dough and dirt do all the obstacles Cause anything is possible Yeah Oh man, I got a lot of gold Stack that bread and buy my nose Anything is possible Yeah All I know is get paper All I do is shit major Bought a condo on the top floor in the buildings a skyscraper Feeling like I'm Kobe LeBron for the Lakers Feeling like I'm Idris Paul Walker